So I brought you in all this way. Chris, you finally made it to the Boss to Boss show. And there's one thing that, that's been on my mind and it's bothering me. And I'm curious how your, what your reaction and thoughts are. You got your first ever review on your book, Start Ugly, a timeless tale about innovation and change on Amazon. How do you feel about it? Actually, I got my first one-star review after 72 five-star reviews. So, it, um, <laughs> Did I say first ever review? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. First one-star. There you go. Even my first one-star review, and the person said it was just a long blog post. Meanwhile, this is a book that it took a team of people to write, and uh, immediately you're like, go after yourself is, is, the, is the ego reaction. Mm -hmm. But honestly... I put my stuff out there and it's going to have some people are not going to see it for the quality and the, the purpose that was sent out. So I, I feel good. Actually, I'm going to celebrate it. I've already conditioned myself. I'm a promoter and I build community. So I've already mm -hmm. conditioned myself to take in negative feedback from trolls in uh, a very positive way. Yeah. I think you even talked about this on a show where some were speaking <laughs> That, that it's more about them at that point than you, right? Well, I shouldn't call this person a troll. Just their objective feedback on my book was that uh, it was just a long blog post, which is not accurate. However, um, it's how they felt about it. And uh, I appreciate that they took the time to write the feedback. Yeah, they, they, that must mean they read it too. So if anything, there you go. There's an extra extra person I learned. But everyone, for everyone tuning in, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're watching, uh, one of the videos, but if you're not, if you're on one of the podcast avenues, be sure to check out Chris Kremitzos, uh, his website, chriskremitzos.com or podfestexpo.com. And uh, I'll spell that one really quick. Kremitzos, K-R-I-M-I-T-S-O-S. That's yeah, good uh, man. a, Thank it's you. a mouthful. <laughs> a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a pleasure having you on here today. And uh, something that the, the book, right? Start ugly. It can be found everywhere, right? Amazon. Yeah. But mostly Amazon is where it's at, but you can find it. You search it. You'll find it. Awesome. And right now, these days, uh, a lot, a lot's going on. You know, last I saw you, I was at your event with a thousand plus people. Do you know the final counter number that showed up? We had around 1500. So around 1500 at your PodFest uh, expo in Orlando, which was amazing, uh, by the way. And the, the venue was top notch yeah thanks for and coming out really appreciate having you yeah it was it was wild i remember my producer messaged me and he, he we had to talk about this he's like i recommend you highly don't go like i don't want you to go my fiance's mom was telling me like i don't know if i want you back in the house if you go oh because so of the coronavirus yeah yeah because this is right as it was kicking off it was so, accelerating yeah 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 i i still I, I went i definitely went at that point i i didn't know i didn't nobody thought it would turn into this um how has it affected you well, you have to realize I've never promoted into a pandemic, so I knew it was going to get bad. Uh, I think all of us had different ideas of how bad it was going to get. But um, luckily for me, the event went on. We kept everybody safe. We had to create safety protocols to keep everybody kind of distanced if they wanted to be distanced, not touching each other. Um, you know, moving forward now, I'm doing some virtual events. So actually, you know, it's kind of, weird but for me everything came out really phenomenal so i was very fortunate now as far as the emotions of dealing with being quarantined and you know yeah. friends getting sick that's a whole different thing but as far as uh, on the business side i just feel very fortunate and lucky that we were the last 
multimedia event of the year so far at this point to go on. It was like having a party with all your friends and then yeah. the next day knowing that that there was no more parties to be had, so to speak. It was weird that last day on uh, Sunday when everything was ending, just, you know, things started getting eerie and creepy. I'm, creepy. I remember going to the airport. I start seeing masks everywhere. And this was, was that March uh, 8th, I want to say, right? Was that the last Yeah, day? it was like 48 hours later, mm-hmm. most things locked down literally that Tuesday. Yeah. What happened was the Monday after PodFest, I guess they had two cruise ships, uh, one in California, one in Florida, out on the waters and 24-7, they would just show the cruise ships and coronavirus coming to the U.S. spreading. So the mass hysteria hit uh, our fever pitch on that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, we had over 2,000 registered to attend PodFest, so it had to impact our numbers. But as you know, you were there. Our community was so vibrant yeah, and so loving and sure. so amazing. Um, I, I just think we're very lucky that podcasters, by and large, are very passionate. So they they aired with caution, but they showed up to Pod, PodFest to have a good time. Then after that, everybody basically went into quarantine. Uh, what, what would you have done different? How do you feel your preparation went into the events um, and kind of into the unknown? I think I, looking back on it, I, I think the only thing I would not have done is at one point I got so scared about coronavirus. I stopped promoting for like a 48 hour period of time. Huh. I probably would have just had my, I already had a safety plan in, in place. I probably just kept promoting. I mean, now looking back on it, everybody was fairly healthy, but I mean, you can't play that game. We did what we did. We, uh, I had a really great wife keeping me sane and focused. And from what I could tell, I didn't see anyone that got coronavirus from the event in general. Who knows if someone did, but no one so far has said we had a couple of people that got ill, but they got tested and they came up negative that I know of. And was there a lot of, a lot of stress leading into it? Like, did yes, you have to- yes. I could deal with the normal stress of a promotion yeah. of like managing your staff, managing your attendees, trying to match expectations but having a uh, pandemic coming to your doors and not knowing there was a lot of unknowns back then. Um, and there was a lot of hysteria that was extremely scary. Cause it kind of, I guess when I saw you a couple of times, I felt like there was something going on behind the scenes of the face. Well, you, you, you have to, well, at an event, there's always something going on yeah. behind the scenes, but also, you know, there, there's a possibility that the event might get closed down any day while we were there. Um, luckily that didn't happen, but, um, it was just a lot of pressure. I've, I've had pressure, but that was probably the most pressure I've ever had because now you're dealing with people's health and that's a whole different level of pressure that for anyone, now you're dealing with someone's, um, wellness, uh, whether, you know, if they have pre-existing conditions, once you start thinking about that, that's pretty intense. And did you go with like refunds and things like that? Was that a nightmare as well? Not really. We were very fortunate. We were able to deliver. Um, we were very proactive. And this yeah. is what I would tell anybody. If you're going to be in this business, try and be as proactive as you can be. And if people couldn't fly into the country, because we had someone in Finland, they shut down mm-hmm. flying or something, or someone said I was in Italy, and they asked for a refund, we were giving it to them, or we would just say, hey, we'll give you a ticket to next year's event. And they were all understanding about it. So we, we were very fortunate in that we didn't have a a big thing. And quite honestly, I feel bad for a lot of my peers that, you know, if you, you did sell tickets like South by Southwest sold tickets, they didn't give anyone a refund. So, yeah. you know, it's the money for people that don't own an event, the money is spent before everybody shows up because you have to exactly. buy your AV costs, your hotel. There's a lot of money you have to lay out before everybody shows up. Yeah. So were you able to kind of get by 
because I'm sure. Yeah, we're doing great. Gonna, we're yeah. going to be good. Everything's good. Now we're going to do virtual summits. So we're very fortunate in that we have time to adjust. And then I got very lucky in that the contract for next year's hotel didn't come through. So we're negotiating now in May. So we're going to be moving the dates a little further out in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Cause on your website on podfestexpo.com currently. Yeah. We're about to change March, that. Right? You know, we have some placeholders, okay. but we're going to change it just to be safe. Cause you know, yeah. we got to wait for the vaccines and everything to come out. Hey, I would know. I just postponed my wedding by 14 months. Did so. you really? Wow. There you go. <laughs> the weird part is what you don't realize when you say events, you're not just talking about conferences. You're talking about weddings, funerals, friend of mine unfortunately passed away in an airplane crash sorry. wow yeah sorry and he, to hear that. his his kids set up the funeral via zoom so we're all there via zoom somehow they got the zoom out to the the rabbi was doing the service out in the uh grave and we were all on zoom watching it so it's just a weird time was this a telecast like was this all over the news no it was a single engine it was on the news locally mm -hmm. but uh he was just flying up to see his grandbaby and then um, something oh. happened with his plane and uh, his kids then did a zoom. It was really touching. He was a really good man. But I mean, I attended a funeral via zoom because you can't have people oh. congregate. So it's just weird. Talk about the times, huh? And do you personally like feel that we might be, that it's going to extend that far out? Is that why you're pushing it? Do you actually think that this year's kind of uh, a lost year? That, no, I, I think, I think people's, pocketbooks needs some time to recover mm -hmm. so uh, i just think may is it just gives everybody more time i think we'll have solutions i just don't think people are ready to travel right away and yourself you know being being in business since 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 we know it and you know running events like that that's your thing you, you've had over two thousand events that you put yep. together yep. yep um as part of the tampa bay business owners that you founded not picking so many brains and talking to so many people like do you think that we're going about this the right way do you think that being shut down being in all these shelters um is that something that we should continue right now or that we should just get back at it uh you know if i were the challenge now is we're looking at everything with hindsight and it's mm -hmm. 2020 i mean looking back on it i think uh we should have just enacted social distancing rules shut down the cities because that's where you just can't avoid getting bacteria because people live in huge buildings. Um, and then probably let the more rural parts of the country just distance themselves. And then uh, for people that are a certain age, let's say 60 or over, mm -hmm. uh, we probably should have had where they could stay at home. And if, like, if, if they got unemployed, instead of putting it on the employer, the government would take care of it. Um, it would have it would have still hurt the economy, but it would have kept us kind of crawling along mm -hmm. instead of just shutting everything down uh, overnight in Tampa. I'm in Florida. So every region's different here. The mayor is really smart. She's shutting down entire streets. So the oh. restaurants could put out their tables out on the street so you could service people outdoors. Huh? That's an interesting way of kind of going around it. The so challenge is we, there was a lot of information we didn't know. And mm -hmm. I do know people that have passed away from this that are fairly young. So there is a random aspect for the under 50, but you got to look at the numbers and we didn't have the numbers. So moving forward, I would tell you, I think the social distancing will work. I think um, we just need some common sense. Like uh, the challenge with the media is they'll show like when Jacksonville opened up its beaches, they were showing like spring break two years ago. Friends really? of mine were showing us, yeah, they were showing us drone footage 
on you know on Facebook if you knew someone in Jacksonville. Yeah. And you'd see the mayor opened up Jacksonville for people to walk and they were not allowed to sit on the beach. So it was actually used for therapy for people to go out into nature. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I'm pretty sure it's fairly safe. If you're distance, you're out on the beach, there's wind, um, it's hot out here. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm not an expert, but I, I would just say we, we should, we should just use a little bit of common sense, but social distancing, uh, obviously is something that, uh, is important to keep this at bay till we have a vaccine Definitely. or a therapy that helps cut it down. Are you ready that if the decision has to be made that you would even push the event further or make it a virtual pod fest? next year well we're going to do a virtual podcast probably this summer so i got a master class coming out okay. so i think uh like we have great people like you mira that attended i'm going to reach out to the base say hey guys let's do a whole virtual uh podcast via the tool that we're using at podcast i think we could do something really amazing and if i could get a thousand people on board to help mm -hmm. us promote it to another thousand i don't see why we can't do a virtual podcast uh globally um, I just got to see with my team and our manpower what we can do, but um, yeah, I mean we'll have a virtual podcast. I think we're we'll, we'll be safe next year. Fairly certain about that. The, you have to realize there has to be a vaccine that's going to come out. Otherwise, there's no economy to live into. Yeah, like in general. So the way I look at it is like if it does, if my event doesn't happen next year, there's probably not going to be an economy. If that makes yeah. sense. So it's like I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> Exactly right. Because that means if my events not happening, that means all events for mm -hmm. the most part aren't happening, and I doubt they're gonna let like UFC already started doing a fight. They're all figuring things out, and then there's tests where uh, that they're coming out that are almost instant. So I, I have a feeling we'll just be testing people at the door. I already have a vendor that I've been talking to. They've offered uh, coronavirus testing um, at events. So that's that's what's gonna happen. The opportunity though is negotiating things now, so you get a great deal exactly. next year. Exactly. Definitely, definitely using my uh, business rent uh, as a, as an excuse right now. Well, not an excuse. It's actually genuine, but you know, definitely opportunities to look at and renegotiate things and see, cause I mean, things will change. Yeah. Everything inevitably will, Correct. their jobs will be lost. I have numerous friends that probably won't have a job anymore, especially in certain industries, like maybe gyms or certain entertainments, certain things might go away for a little while. Well, so 85% of the economy probably will be go, will be fine. And then you have the small percentage, but still a big percentage of, like you said, uh, people are getting furloughed. Uh, this is, there's no better time than now to become an entrepreneur or mm -hmm. test the waters. Um, people have jobs always say, well, I have job security. Well, that now has proven not to be true in yep. this pandemic. I'm not saying having a, having a job is a great thing, but don't kid yourself that it's secure. Any, at any time, all this is a game. It could be taken away from you. So having some side income through some kind of side hustle, there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, now's a great time to test the waters and start a podcast or something mm -hmm. that you're passionate about and putting it out to the world. What would you, uh, is, so is that your main advice right now for that person that's at home and it's month two now, they're still not sure what to do with themselves? Yeah, my advice, I have three very simple advices because mm -hmm. I think the mental health aspect of this is going to be ginormous. So advice number one, Whenever you want to be, whenever you feel down, talk to your most positive friend and give them a call because that person's going to keep you sane and positive. Don't reach out to the person that's going to tell you that things are going to get worse. That's not going to help your psyche. Okay. That's if you know you need to get out of a rut. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Um, two is find a hobby or something you've always wanted to do 
and start practicing it. There's all kinds of online courses. Uh, don't make the excuse of, I don't know how to do something. Go on YouTube or buy the course on Udemy. They're very low cost. You could mm -hmm. pick up a skill. And three is if you've been wanting to write a book or you want to start a podcast or a YouTube uh, channel, there's no better time than now to start practicing. There's no one. Look, I just got a one-star review today after I got 72, like five-star reviews. Um, you're going to get dinged up. Who cares? Might as well put yeah. it out there and start ugly. Do you by chance think we're getting into a, a, a part in the world where there's going to be an overabundance of this? Like everyone's a coach of that. Everyone's a podcast, Instagram, you know, star of that. Is there a fad aspect to it at all? Absolutely. You You're going to see a lot of that, but you know, uh, the people that are smart and strategically think about the situation, they'll find their way. And those are going to be the next leaders. They're, five years from now, you're going to have someone say, I built a hundred million or 5 million or $1 million empire. And you're going to say, how'd you start? And you're going to say, well, I was depressed. I was at home and I was stuck in quarantine and I didn't know what I could. I knew what I couldn't do, but I figured I might as well try and do whatever, you know, whatever I, I could figure out. And that's how I started this business. A lot of these people in the 08-09 recession have some of the largest online businesses right now and they credit being laid off or their industry going down in a slump. Now's a great time to do that. Are you, uh, are you trying anything else in your life right now besides the virtual events? No, I've been like a full-time entrepreneur. So I'm enjoying um, the virtual events are probably where I'm going to focus on. And my goal is to get 3,000 people to PodFest next year. So I think the virtual events will be a great way of me uh, mm -hmm. getting that going and doing that. So I'm excited about that. Hey, almost like an add-on, right? Essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to do virtual events for PodFest this year anyway. So it wasn't like anything mm -hmm. new. Uh, I already had that in my game plan because okay. what do you do throughout but the year? Did it light the fire just a little bit more? <laughs> well, it lit the fire to accelerate it. That's why we're doing one this Saturday after recording for the last three weeks. So yeah, it absolutely accelerated it. And it also helped me because it's created more tools, uh, more advanced tools for me to use in the near future. So I'm excited about that. And did you have to make any difficult decisions right now, like lay anybody off? And I'm very fortunate. Like My team's going to stay with me. We have enough money for the year. I didn't apply for any of the funding things because there was no need for that since my event happened. I got very fortunate. So in life, uh, there's some luck to play. Uh, for me, the luck broke my way this time around. I've had a lot of other where the luck breaks the other way. You yeah. just got to <laughs> make the best of it. But for me, the luck broke in my favor this, this time around. And it kind of mentioned, you know, that there's definitely some little fad aspect to it and the ones that will survive will. Are you getting, are you seeing a lot more of that, like coming at you right now during the COVID times? Like, are you seeing a lot more sales, a lot more sales calls, a lot more crazy tactics? So what I'm seeing right now is a lot of virtual summits, a lot uh -huh. of network marketing. I haven't seen network marketing, but I know it's out there. My friends are telling me a lot more people yeah. getting into network marketing. Um, what I would challenge people to think about is if you're doing a virtual summit, what is the value that you're delivering that I can't get at another virtual summit? So when the barrier to entry is zero and everybody's doing the same thing, mm -hmm. what is the value that you're delivering that's different from other people? That's a, that's a good way to look at it. And uh, that's definitely something that you bring to the table with PodFest, uh, Multimedia Expo. Uh, definitely a different event and there's a lot going on. You, you talk about videos, you talk about podcasting and you have all types of uh, little expos within microcons, yeah. microcons yeah, within one major event. Uh, 
why the shift? Like, why, why didn't you just stick with one from the beginning? Why, why the shift into the micro cons? Well, cause Podfest has all these amazing content creators and we decided mm-hmm. why don't we allow our community to create what they want for their community and allow it to expand almost like a universe. So that's what we did. We entrusted our community and we asked the different leaders to throw certain events that we think would benefit a lot of people. So let's say Mary, you could come to Podfest and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I always want to know about this subject. They have it under one. So it's almost like going to an event where you don't really, you could, the unfortunate thing is we have so much good stuff. It's hard to pick. Yeah. That's, that's what you want. Like you would, I would rather you have that than be like, man, all this (laughs) stuff is garbage. There's only like two good presenters. So you want to be the hard to pick conference because that means your content, you're, you're hitting it, you know, eight, 900 times. 900% 900% out of the gate. And that's, that's what you want. So that's kind of what we strive. We're really known for amazing content. Um, and that's what we want for our community. Do you think there's going to be a push to more conferences like this? Yeah, 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 okay. well, absolutely. There's tons of regional type conferences mm-hmm. at my size. There's not going to be a lot. There's probably three in the world that are my size and those are only going to get bigger. Uh, and then you're going to see a lot of little pockets around, you know, the country and, and, and the world. So at the size of PodFest and the kind of community, we're rare because you showed up to an event yeah. where we had 1,500 people, but you felt like family. And you, I'm sure you made some really great friends For as sure. if it was a small conference. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we literally spent all year trying to recreate as we grow. How do we make it feel small and individualized? The microcons are part of that, um, giving people small, what I will call uh, tributaries before they join the big river that leads into the lake. Do you think there's ever a point though, where, you know, you're too big, too big to fail? Like they say, I don't think so. Uh, I think as long as I'm paranoid about making sure people feel connected and I put in the work, mm-hmm. uh, we'll only get better. Uh, the only time, you know, we could be too big to fail would be if, uh, myself or my team let our eye off the ball. And if that happens, then it's time for us to sell. And you want to keep that family aspect, that feel. And I feel you're very much involved. And like myself being, being a business owner, that's one of the things I pride myself on. I, myself on, I always call every single customer after we do a job, no matter what. And I feel with you, it's kind of similar. You're, you're always in touch somehow, some way via email or some message or seeing someone how, how do we replicate you though? You know, like as you get bigger, how many Chris's can, can there be? <laughs> so that's a great question. So we'll, we're going to have an ambassador program, Miro. So okay. we replicate it by you coming back and now you're part of the leadership team. Alex mm-hmm. Sanfilippo is part of the leadership team. Zach Demopoulos is part of it. Glenn the Geek, Jessica Kupferman. So like Allison Med- Melody. So we find leaders within the tribe and then we have to say to them. So uh, I'm going to say this to you, Miro, and I mean this. If you're at PodFest and you see someone behaving not in accordance with our culture, you have my permission to go up to that person, welcome them to PodFest, but to say, hey, this is kind of not how we interact here. We're more like a family. So put some time in getting to know people and let me introduce you to someone. And they'll cue in real quickly and they'll understand that we all kind of love up on each other and we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we take care of one another. And what I, what I say is when that culture is solidified, the crumb snatchers leave. So crumb snatchers are people that come in to steal a crumb and run away. Mm-hmm. When they feel a community like that, they don't come back. What do you think, what do you think is the point of them then? Like, why do they still show to events? 
Well, it's like you said, it's like people that maybe start a podcast thinking they're going to make a million dollars overnight. Okay. Or there's people that get into your business that think they're going to be rich overnight. It takes a lot of hard work in any business to build a reputation and to build friendships and camaraderies. So some of these people, one, they just haven't been in business long enough. So mm -hmm. maybe they were working for someone and they didn't realize like business owners actually collaborate and get to know each other. So one is just, they're not, that's why we would educate them to, Hey, this is not how we do it. So sometimes they just don't know. And then you have some people that don't care. They, they think that the way you make business is by, uh, you know, dropping the business card on the desk and leaving, just like we get spammed on, on the internet. Yes. And what, what I'm really proud of is when you look at our Facebook group, very few times do I have to worry about spam and podcasts. Does it happen? Yes. But nowhere near as frequent as all the other groups that I, I monitor and I that's watch. True. And it's because the community knows, like, that's not where I'm going to spam my friends. Like, I know, my, I know these people. And would you say that all this is kind of letting you stay nimble as well? Because let's just say, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in five years. And let's just say podcasting is not king anymore and like some new form of media comes in. Does this allow you to kind of be able to transition as well and add in those extra Absolutely, because we're focused on on-demand audio and with VidFest, on-demand video. So we're, we will follow what the trends are and we will bring in the, the new leaders. I mean, if you look at our speaker roster, very few, if any of them, are what you would call famous. Mm -hmm. But they are well-known within their niche. For sure. And they are very good practitioners at what they're using to build their following. And those are the people I think you could learn from because they're usually on the cutting edge of what's going on. Yeah, because, I mean, that I could attest to for sure. I, but uh, from day one to day three for me, it was like walking out of here with all these all this wealth and knowledge. And I met people that, I never realized were as big as they were, right? These, a lot of these people are much bigger than, than you think they are. And it's, uh, but they're all there just walking around talking. followings yeah. bigger than some of the most famous podcasters that you know in certain niches, mm -hmm. but you'll never know it because that's not what they, that's not why they do that. So that's who I resonate with, the people that are in it for the community building aspect to create something really special. But yeah, like you said, a lot of people, our people are not out there bragging their numbers. And then when you get to know them and they tell you how big some of their followings are, you're like, holy crap. I mean, we have one podcaster, you know, the NFL is putting ads on their network. Uh, mm -hmm. But if they didn't tell you, you would have, you'd have no clue because they don't see that that's important to brag about that. Exactly. Exactly. And what would you say, like, based on these times that are, that you're going through now and then times, you know, in the past, has there been a darker moment in your life than this whole COVID pandemic part? Well, uh, most of my businesses have been built in uh, recessions. So um, dot com bubble, I was able to come out of that. I lost everything, but then rebuilt. 08 is when we built uh, Tampa Bay Business Owners. So in the mm -hmm. last downturn, um, I'm actually, my biggest downturn was after I sold a business successfully. I actually got very, um, I guess the word would be depressed uh, because I lost a future to live into. So mm -hmm. here I am with a lot of money, sold okay. the company, and I'm miserable. So for me, <laughs> I have to have a future to live into and be, um, be passionate about what I'm living into. And if like right now with PodFest, I'm excited, I'm passionate, I'm serving a purpose and success. You know, when, when you make money, basically it's people allocating their capital to your doorstep because you're a good steward mm -hmm. of their money. So you wind up making more money because you're allocating, you're creating a really unique service 
or something that they can't get anywhere else. Therefore, they're voting with their dollars, supporting what you're doing. So I, I love that part of what I do. And then my job is to allocate that capital wisely and grow PodFest and the businesses that serves their needs. Have you uh, thought about like virtual reality yet? Is that? We have a friend of mine who created one of the first ever virtual realities and he sold in 99. Um, uh, I've played around with virtual reality. Uh, I, I think it's going to start integrating slowly, but surely, but it's all happening. I mean, look at Snapchat and the filters and yeah. what people are using and now TikTok's really big. Uh, it's all blending in. It's, you know, only a matter of time. And like, and being a speaker as yourself and you definitely, you, you're not, you're not shy to take the stage, but you, you are definitely, you're very calm. I've noticed that. Uh, you're, you're very calm. You're not like over, over edgy or like not, you're kind of like in the middle and it's like, it's very, it's very pleasant and easy to listen to. Uh, do you have any tips on how someone could get better? Someone that's talked as much as you have in front of people? Yeah, just a lot of practice. Um, I don't get nervous as much, which is weird. I, I like getting nervous, but I don't <laughs> as much. Getting nervous is a good thing. Yeah, it makes you feel um, alive, right? Yeah, uh, but I, uh, like when there's no coronavirus, I probably speak three, four times a week normally because the roles I have locally in different groups, I, I speak. So what I would tell people, if you want to get practice, go volunteer at your local libraries. They're always looking for speakers. Get involved in your local entrepreneurship scene. Whatever it is you're seeing, go to those meetups and then volunteer. I've spoken thousands of times. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm doing my first, uh, I got booked to do a virtual presentation tomorrow. So it'll be my first like speaking gig where someone booked me to speak to their employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm slightly nervous about that. I got to build a PowerPoint for it tonight, but I'm excited about the opportunity. So um, I would just say practice, you know, like the, one of the greatest speaking gigs I did last year was at the South Shore Library on a Saturday morning. They had 50 chairs laid out and I had 11 people show up. Have you ever seen a room where there's 50 chairs and there's only 11 people dotted around? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. That's a very tough room to speak yeah. in front of because of many different factors. Um, there's no energy because all, mm -hmm. one's over here, the other one's over there, they're all spread out. Anyways, when I was done with, and, and it was a library, so they're promoting like whatever, the topic, podcasting and people show up they don't even know what the, what's going to happen. So you don't really have the, the most committed audience and yeah. it's usually free, but I got a standing ovation. And I realized in that moment, I called my wife and I'm like, as I was heading home, I go, you're not going to believe this. She goes, what? I go, I had 11 people and 50, 50 chairs were laid out and I got a standing ovation. She's like, Oh, okay. That's great. I go, no, do you know how hard that is? I go, that's like the hardest thing to do. Like they came out of, you know, from their homes and they, so, um, Telling stories is the way I like to speak. And I think that does, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. I was going to ask next, actually you stole my thunder. Why is storytelling so important, especially to you? Cause if you're good at conveying points through stories, people remember them. They resonate with your, with, with the soul of another human being and people could see themselves in the story. So if you could speak in story format, uh, you're, your impact will be that much greater than telling people, you know, what you do or how to do something. And I, I hear conveying rules out there, you know, that you can only keep things to a couple minutes or you don't, you want it within an hour. Like, do you have a timeline? Like, what do you think is an ideal speech or ideal talk? It all depends. But if it's, you know, around town, you know, if it's a lunch presentation, you want to be 30 minutes in and out. 
Um, but you know, you should be able to do things 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour keynote. You know, I think people lose interest after like nowadays their attention spans are shorter than before. Back in the old days, people would used to sit on one topic for 90 minutes. I mean, it was crazy. And I mean, it wasn't, it was like all regurgitated the same yep. quotes from Tony Robbins and Can imagine. you'd sit there for 90 minutes and it would be like, they taught you one point. I think now people are like, just give it to me, man. I don't want to. <laughs> so even when I promote my own, like on my main stage, I think you yep. saw, we have, we have a panel that takes like six minutes and they deliver yeah. phenomenal content. So we're always pioneering the start ugly book is only 99 pages, but there's not a wasted word. So I took my philosophy of like, just make it concise and to the point and don't worry about adding fluff. So I'm yep. big on cutting out all the fluff and respecting people's time. Yeah. Cause there was a time I think when you, I thought you were going to do an intro or something and you were there for like 10 seconds and you like got off the stage. I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, it left me really wandering and like thinking, Oh, what's going on? What's next? Yeah. But, it all depends on, you just want to use time efficiently and I'm big on just getting to the point. So a lot of these, um, show pony type speakers love doing like 20 minutes about how great they are. Mm -hmm. Then they tell you a little bit about the thing. Then they tell you again how great they are. I don't, I really don't have time for that. It's like, if you have 30 minutes, cut to the chase, help me with some stories that'll improve my life. Tell me something that'll help me. And then at the end, tell me how I could get more from you. If I like what I see. How do you make, how'd you make yourself different from others? Uh, well, for me, like, you know, Start Ugly is a, is a parable written book. So that's unique. And then when I'm speaking, it's usually story format. And, um, um, you know, my stories are fairly unique to me. You know, most stories are. So it's just delivering an emotion of feeling. So I make sure people laugh. Sometimes they'll cry, depending on the story. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're taking action. And that's kind of, you know, I think one of the differentiators. And we forget that, right? Because we have these big uh, names out there, Rogan. Gary V, you, you name it. And we all kind of want to be like them, right? We, uh, we want to develop a podcast, a video, whatever, coaching thing. And, and it's kind of, it's, we want to be like them though. What would you tell to all those people right now that are trying to, trying to do that? Well, I met a really cool um, uh, martial artist. Uh, he was a master of the martial arts and he had, uh, he was crippled. Uh, one of his feet were six inches different from the other. So he had crutches. <laughs> but he had raised some amazing martial artists and he would say, in order to know who you are, you must functionalize your art form. So functionalizing your art form means you need to know who you are and how you can functionalize it out into the world. And once you have your unique signature, people will respond and come back to that signature. So just be who you are. Like Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. Uh, Gary V is Gary V. You want to be who you are and not try and copy those individuals because it's not true to yourself. So I've functionalized my art. I've built, you know, my own community and base, and that's going to keep growing because people know who I am and what I deliver. But it took me a while to understand who I am and what I deliver. So I would just tell people, ask that question, who am I? What am I here to deliver? What am I here to achieve? And then the answers will, will come into clarity as you mm -hmm. ask it. Nicely said. And that'll That'll perfectly transition out of the first part of our show. Uh, once again, everyone, be sure to check out chriskremitsos.com as well as his book, Start Ugly, A Timeless Tale About Innovation and Change and his uh, PodFest uh, Multimedia Expo, podfestexpo.com. Stay tuned for uh, the change on dates on that as well for next year. Moving on to the next part of the show, Miro Wislow is going to take off. 
Peace, Chris. It was great talking to you. I'll, I'll be back later. Take though. care, Mira. Thank you. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. But his evil twin, Miko, is here. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready, Miko. 10 seconds. Oh, oh we're going to have some fun here. Miro's the lame one. Miko, I'm the fun one. So you're going to have 10 seconds to initiate an answer really quick. We just want to know a little bit more about you, Chris. So without further ado, you don't want to know what happens if you don't answer right away. So let's not deal with that. But here we go. What is the podcast that changed your life? Probably Joe Rogan. What is your favorite book? Uh, right now, uh, the negotiation book with, uh, I think it's Chris Voss. Chris I Voss. really enjoyed that. Never split the difference. If you, had, if you were about to be stranded on an island, and I'm gonna, we're preparing you here, we are, and you can't bring a person. You could only bring one thing. What is that one thing? Probably a toothbrush. Huh. I think that's a boss, two boss exclusive, everyone. No one has ever wanted to keep their teeth clean. This is a first. This is good. This is good. If we gave you $100 today and you had to come back here at this same time tomorrow and give us 200 back, how would you do it? Probably buy options on the stock. Spotify, to be exact. <laughs> there we go. That, that's, that's very exact. That's what we need. That's what we want. If you were to start a business right now, I handed you over an unlimited amount of money. Any business you wanted cannot be anything of your own, though, that you already have. What would it be? Uh, probably breeding a really rare endangered parrots and releasing them back to the wild. Wow. That is totally different. We got we to gotta talk about that later. iPhone or Android? iPhone. How do you drink your coffee? Black. Is there one thing every single day you, you consume no matter what? You can't go a day without it? Yeah, probably my phone and YouTube. <laughs> what about something you would eat or drink? Oh, uh, food? Uh, green tea. Green tea. So you do the green tea and the coffee. Coffee in the morning, green tea at night, but green tea, three, four cups a day. I would never think you have so much caffeine, considering how calm you are. Your favorite movie? Uh, something about Mary. Oh, that's a classic. Well, you survived. Miko is actually pretty satisfied. You uh, answered oh, everything you. in time. You survived this test. We'll move on until the next time. Peace out. Later, Miko. Miro's back. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> that was good. That was, you survived Miko. That was good. Not, that was not many. Yeah, you got them all out pretty quick. We're, uh, we're right on time. Chris Kremitzos, I want to thank you so much you know, for taking the time today, being on my podcast here, Boss to Boss. The listeners are definitely in for, uh, in for a fun one. And be sure to check out podfestexpo.com uh, for all the up-to-date news on, on next year's uh, Multimedia Expo. But yeah, the mic is yours, Chris. If there's any final thoughts, anything else you want to finish off with? No, just if anything, if you're sitting home wondering, should I start something? Think about the philosophy of start ugly and don't be afraid and perfect it as you go. And uh, I think you'll see that those seeds will be planted and they'll benefit you later on, but enjoy it right now. Exactly. Nicely said. Mic drop. Looking forward to the future. Take care. Thanks, Miro. 
That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two boss.com. And remember, the time is now.